Gardening, positivity, and making new friends. Ah. For the 12 Communities One Bristol project, I was asked to make a documentary about Stockwood. It's basically a large housing estate, so my first thought was, what sort of story am I going to find there? Friends and neighbours either said, where's that? Or those that did know it said, there's nothing there. So there was only one thing for it. I thought I'd better go and have a look round. So I took a number two bus. Cheers, drive. So here I am, off the bus. Let's go and have a walk round. Well, there's just lots and lots of housing. There's a few shops, a, a pub I saw, a couple of churches, a petrol station. There's no industry, there's... I can't see any sort of real heritage. Everything I've seen is 50s, 60s, maybe some 70s onwards. There's a, a new development by the shops, some flats. It's really quiet. Lots of bird song. It's very green. I'm walking around, it's really reminding me of where I grew up. I grew up on an estate on the edge of town where the houses ended, the countryside started. And it's really, really similar. Lots of open space, the houses look the same. There wasn't a lot to do there though, either. So I don't know, what am I going to find? Muddy. <laughs> I met with Christine. She's lived in Stockwood since the early 1960s. The houses down the road were still being built. So if I used to go out, I would have to wear Wellingtons up to the bus stop to catch the bus because the houses, etc., were all being built. Bristol City Council built houses on agricultural land in the late 1950s on what is now Sturminster Road, the main road into Stockwood. Private developers followed in the early 60s, building a large estate on Stockwood Hill, or the Plateau, as it's known locally. When we first got up here, it, it was basically just a building site. And it slowly developed, you know, and we didn't have much up here, you know, when it first started off, it was just houses then. Then in the end, they, um, they put the sort of heart into the community with the shops and the library come a lot later. That was Mike. He moved here in the early 1970s and, like Christine, both have raised families in Stockwood and have lived in the area ever since. After doing a little research, I discovered that Stockwood has a high proportion of older and elderly people among the highest by ward in the Bristol City Council area. I wanted to find out what there was for this group to do, so I contacted Bristol Ageing Better who put me in touch with Jan, and I went to meet her at Southern Links Children's Centre. Hello, I'm Roger Morford to meet Jan Perry. OK, come on in. Hello, I'm Rog, I'm here to meet Jan. Oh, hello, I'm Jan. Hello, Jan. Hello, nice Rog. to meet you. I'm a community development worker. I work for St Monica Trust, and um, my project that I'm involved with is Bristol Ageing Better, so supporting people over the age of 50 
um, looking at connecting people within the community and to uh, look at ways of reducing social isolation. I'm one of many people, one of many organisations that come into Stockwood to try and generate new um, projects within the community. And, and the Children's Centre looks very busy. Oh, yeah. Children's Centre is sort of the hub of the community, really, because it's, it's right in the centre of Stockwood. It's trying to sort of get people to come along to this centre to do um, lots of different activities. One of them being next door in the garden. So we've got Stockwood Growing Together that was formed a year ago, and that was local people coming together to um, share their experience of gardening and learn from each other, um, enjoy being in the garden, in a nice safe space. I popped into the garden to see the Growing Together project. There was a polytunnel and raised beds and people were building more of those or getting ready for planting. And I spoke to Sylvia and her friend Jill. It's, it's fun. Gardening should be fun, not irksome. This is our first full start of the year from seed to plant. We're going to grow things that I've never grown before, asparagus. Horseradish. Wow. We're just a a few like-minded people getting together and passing on information to each other. Um, I was quite new and it's helped me to make some friends. I don't have a garden now. I used to have a garden. You know, it's a good sort of surrogate garden, if you know what I mean. It's very nice to see things from a seed to a finished article or product that you can pick and you can eat. Um, and it's nice to be able to share this with other people who say, oh, I didn't realise it was going to look like that. The cooking group um, emerged baking cakes and bread and now they're doing soups and they're doing main course as well. So they end up producing a three-course meal, um, having a lovely time cooking together and then everybody sits down around the table and eats together. So that's fantastic, and I get a free uh, three-course meal every week as well, so that's great. <laughs> the following Monday, the cooking group were busy making soup and bread for the kids and parents at the children's centre, and I spoke to one of the group, another Mike. Well, I had a car accident when I was 20, and then I got divorced, sort of struggling, and then in the end, I, I suppose it was a bit of a breakdown I had, managing with the pain from the car accident and sort of mental health issues. I was a bit hesitant to come because it's something new, but thoroughly enjoying it. Good group of people. And it's nice to do this as well because now I'm meeting different people, have chats and normal conversations. Jan also runs another group, Positivity, in Stockwood's library. Here local people can meet and have a chat and a cuppa. And this is where I met Bill. He's 96 with a full head of white hair and huge eyebrows and looks like the main character from the animated film Up. I could have spent hours with him. It's an opening uh, where you can be with friendly people. That's the main thing. Mm -hmm. Because um, if you're, I'm widowed, I want to get out and meet people, not to be alone. Hmm. And uh, people who say that they haven't spoken to anybody um, for, for weeks, they want to get and set out on the doorstep. And people come along and see what they're doing. And uh, why are you all right? They'll, uh, people will come and then find out as to what's wrong, why you're there. So those first thoughts that nothing goes on in Stockwood were, I'm glad to say, being proved wrong. 
I'd seen firsthand how three of the projects that Jan runs for Bristol Ageing Better make a difference for some of the older members of the community. Then Jan said there was someone else I really had to meet. My name is Lance Mason. I've lived in Stockwood now since 1990, I think, yes. And I love it here. Since 2015, I've been the pastor of Stockwood Free Church. People moved here as young couples, had their families, the families grew up and moved home. But it's resulted in a lot of particularly elderly people living all on their own. Though obviously we have the sorts of meetings that you would normally expect at a church. But one of our very popular gatherings is a lunch club, which is on a Monday. Those who are reasonably mobile or can be picked up in a, a minibus are transported in. Really good opportunity for older people to get out and meet with others. And one of the things that a lot of the older people tell me is they say, I make myself come on Monday. I make myself get up and get out because I know not just I'll have the meal, but I'll meet with other people. There's the Anglican Church and the Stockwood Free Church. What, what's their wider role with the local community? For years and years and years, I think we were quite separate from what the community did. But given that local government is uh, at best strapped for cash... Um, at worst, really struggling to make things happen in the community, we found more and more that the community is wanting to partner with the churches on all sorts of projects. So there's much more of a feeling, I've got lots and lots of initiatives uh, going on to try and actually help the churches help the community and help the community help the churches. It's very much, it feels like a new world. It feels like something I've never experienced before, um, but it's really exciting. Lance, like both Jan and Christine, is a member of the Greater Stockwood Group, a recently established community forum which holds local meetings, hosts community groups and initiatives and informs local residents of issues and seeks to give them a voice. One of the things Greater Stockwood Group wants to do is encourage the community, enable the community to develop itself for the benefit of everybody in the community. So it's not about people from the outside flying in and doing stuff for us. We want to help the people in Stockwood. And there are some amazing people in Stockwood with lots of skills, lots of talent, lots of enthusiasm. And we want to try and find ways that we can help the community um, help itself and build an even more vibrant community. Could we go outside? I'd love to Could go we go outside. to the slope? Yeah, fine. I've been describing this as the slope. I should be describing it as... We normally call it the open space, and it goes right round. It's quite a big area. It is beautiful, really beautiful big, area. Really big. Yeah. And the yeah. views from here are stupendous. Yeah, I can see the suspension bridge. I can see right round to the tower on the M32. I can see some of the flats in... Eastern. Oh, you can see it all from here. It's a fantastic place. I might be wrong, but I think Stockwood is actually the highest place within the Bristol political area. And if I'm wrong, don't tell me, because we all believe that we're, we're on top of the world up here in Stockwood. I was told it was <laughs> Cosham Hospital near where I live. Uh, we'll build a tower. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered what I'd find here in Stockwood. I found that people I spoke to told me they love living here. OK, there's little in the way of history or heritage, unlike some areas in Bristol, but I'd argue Stockwood's community that have lived here for years is its heritage. It looks after them, and I only saw a few of the numerous activities and events run for older and elderly people who for some would normally experience isolation and loneliness. So there is a lot going on in Stockwood. It's an active community, 
with a group of forward-looking residents and organisations aiming to make a positive difference. If there was a cynical northern chap who lived in Bristol and, and was given a documentary to make about Stockwood and his first thoughts were, what am I going to find there? There's nothing there, it's just a big housing estate. What would your reply be to that? Oh, I would just say, uh, come and meet one or two of the people. They will soon point to you, not just in my direction, but the, in the direction of people who do what, know what's going on. And you would find all sorts of things going on for older people, for younger people, and as I say, a, a very, very vibrant community in all sorts of ways. Um, one of the things I love about Stockwood is that people will quite happily knock on one another's doors. More often than not, it's that informal network of just sort of people getting on with their neighbours, getting on with people down their street and that sort of thing. So it's great, a fantastic place to live. Great people doing great things. Would you live anywhere else? Uh, no. <laughs> There's the mention of a Stockwood house in the area in the 1800s. Now it's a residential area and council ward in South Bristol, just to the north of the Somerset town of Cainsham. We moved out of St Paul's to Stockwood in 1995. We lived in St Paul's over three years already, but moved out due to my mum not feeling comfortable you know, with the area and, um, you know, an accumulation of um, bad circumstances that had happened, you know, around us or even directly to us. I was young, I was 15, and I didn't want to move out of St Paul's because I love living there. And, you know, I had a lot of, um, you know, my school friends in the area. We moved um, to Stockwood into a rented house um, on Byfield Road, which was a cul-de-sac. Uh, my earliest memory of Stockwood was seeing a herd of cows in a farmer's field that was only um, like a stone's throw away from our back garden. The place was quite rural and felt like we were in the middle of nowhere. It was a real culture shock for me compared to the inner city, of course. It seemed like our family were the only ethnic minorities there. Well definitely in the the community we lived in for sure our family um were welcomed by all um except one family whose two sons over a period of time started racially abusing my two little sisters as they all played uh on the communal grass area i stood up for my sisters um, which led to the boys intoxicated father coming out and trying to intimidate me at that time i was i was 16 um you know my birthday was you know I think a couple of weeks, you know, into us moving into the area. The neighborhood actually rallied around us and, you know, stood up for us, which led um, the mother of the abusive boys to knock on our door one evening, actually on a New Year's Day. And um, she came to apologize. She was crying. My mother accepted her apology, but, you know, the bad stain they'd left in the neighborhood couldn't be erased that easily. So people were, you know, still not very happy with them. Months later, um, out of the blue, the family sold their house and moved out of the area. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if that's because of the atmosphere that they'd um, fortunately created, you know, with the other neighbours. I, I don't know, but, you know, it's a moment I'll never forget. The local individual that I remember in Stockwood was an Irish guy called Steve. 
we both became really good friends, I think through another mutual friend of ours who lived in the area. Um, Steve was um, a very funny guy. He was in his mid-twenties at the time, and you know, I was 17 then. He was very crafty though, you know, you know, um, you know, like a wheeler, wheeler dealer type of guy, a guy who can, you know, duck and dive and get you anything. Or <laughs> okay, anyway, but my mum didn't actually know that part of, you know, that side of him. But you know, she saw that we were really good friends and would allow him to come um, to the house. <laughs> um, funnily enough, I actually drew a sketch. I, you know, I had a chance to draw a sketch um, of him, and he just sat there patiently. And um, yeah. But still got the sketch all these years um, later. Um, funny memories in Stockwood, uh, like things like Steve bringing around an air rifle that shot BB pellets, and uh, we would yeah just go out the the back into the fields, just you know messing about. I also remember me and my siblings playing in the snow um, one evening, which was great. We uh, eventually moved out of Stockwood in 1998 as my mum had uh, yeah, saved up enough money for us to uh, put down a deposit for our own house. And obviously didn't have to um, rent anymore and she can get on the property ladder. What does Stockwood mean to me? I used to go for a lush roast dinner at the old garden centre on the hill. There's Horse World, which is the horse rescue charity, and I recently played adventure golf at Congo Falls. I won, obviously. Let's now listen to Sam and Anne, who both grew up in the area. Hiya, I'm Sam Fox. Uh, I've lived in Stockwood all my life. Uh, I'm involved in the Greater Stockwood Alliance and the Friends of Stockwood Library. The Friends of Stockwood Library was set up about September in 2019 following uh, a series of discussions which had been held locally about what people would want for the future of their library. Many people came up with some fantastic ideas, mainly revolving around turning the library into more of a community space, holding a series of interactive workshops to help give people better skills, but also just put on more events and try and engage a more wider range of the community because we want more people to use the space because it is pretty fantastic. And one of the ideas that came out of that meeting was there should be a group that would take these ideas forward. And so I took it upon myself to set up a friends group for Stockwood Library because friends groups were popping up all over the city at this point. And so I thought, well, if everyone else can have one, why can't Stockwood? There used to be, before we set up this group, a group called the Stockwood Library Committee, I believe. They did previous activities like a local history group, and uh, they also uh, worked together with the local community to put together a book about the history of Stockwood called Up the Valley. <laughs> it's all about um, you know, the history of Stockwood all the way from back like the prehistoric era, uh, which is available in our library. But speaking more about what I've been doing, we help. I throughout the summer last year, I uh, got together local people, and we started thinking about setting up this group. And we launched in September. And since then, it has been pretty, uh, pretty amazing to see the response that we got. One of the things that we uh, went away with straight away, and it was uh, the most popular thing that we've done so far, was a Lego club, because. Um, 
no other library really had one uh, and we thought well we can do it here and we can definitely uh, get all the kids involved because after after school or on a weekend the best thing you want to do is come to the library read a book and also get loads of lego out and just build whatever you can think of so we started that and straight away it was uh, pretty uh, popular i think we had 50 people come along to one of our events which is uh, more than really the capacity of the library uh, so it was quite interesting, it was quite interesting to have that many people along um, but they all loved it and uh, we have a display of Lego figures on one of the walls in the library uh, which is constantly updated because every time we put on the event we uh, change the figures of the wall additionally we did re we, we did start to rejuvenate the local history group um, the first one that we did uh, coming back was really great. We had people come along and most importantly, it was people sharing stories about growing up in Stockwood. Uh, we learned about how when the houses were first built here, the shops were empty. So if you wanted your milk or your bread, you had to walk over to uh, Noll, <laughs> which is uh, quite amazing that they put people in houses before they gave them the ability to buy food for themselves. Uh, but I guess that's planning in like the 60s. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and it was just great to hear people's stories of life in Stockwood uh, be long before I was born. <laughs> Can you remember any other stories that people shared with you? Yeah, um, so it was mainly about when the houses were first built up here. You had like the roads and it was laid out, but there was no houses. So it would almost be like you knew where the houses were going to go, but they were empty. So it would be there was one road, which was Stockwood Lane, and then there was nothing else up here. So you had some houses on Stockwood Lane and it was empty. And I've seen photos of people when on one of the busy roads just over there uh, by the football club. It's a photo taken from there and it's a photo pointing towards the school uh, and it's just empty. And it's, it's amazing to think that within the lifetime of some people living here, Stockwood has gone from being a barren field owned by apparently a very disgruntled farmer known as Farmer Hazel. Uh, apparently he did not like the idea of housing being built up here and so he would do everything in his power to stop housing being built up here, including, I believe it was blocking the roads and trying to be as much of a menace as possible. Uh, to now quite a lively neighbourhood with a lot of people living here and a lot of uh, a lot of interesting stories to tell. So you have the library just across from us here. Uh, the library wasn't always there, and before it was there, it was just an empty patch of grass. So, <laughs> so it was just apparently just a little barren piece of piece of land with nothing going on, uh, and so people can remember just walking across it and cutting across it, and then all of a sudden, about. 38 years ago, uh, the library popped up and, and everyone's using it. And it's been uh, there ever since and it's very popular to this day. The big thing before the summer that we wanted to try and put on was an art exhibition of local artists because they have some in other libraries and we used to have art displayed locally uh, in, in the library quite a long time ago, but that stopped. So the plan was we wanted to, you know, reach out to as many people in the community as possible because even if you're not necessarily a professional artist, it's absolutely fine. We were wanting to engage as many people as possible. And so we were in the process of setting that up and we were hoping to do it in May. And so we were going to put the call out actually for submissions uh, in late March slash early April, but unfortunately the, uh, the pandemic also pushed that back. But that's going to be one of the first things that we do continue with will be the art exhibition and hopefully to the much joy of young people in Stockwood, also the Lego Club. 
Beyond the library, I'm also involved in the Greater Stockwood Alliance, uh, which is a community development organisation locally. Our, uh, our motto is to build a stronger, more welcoming and inclusive community, and we are certainly trying that as much as possible, particularly uh, during the challenging times right now. Before the virus, we were gearing up to um, start becoming sort of like a networking organisation, so we wanted to reach out to local groups and we wanted to put you know, skills and talents together and bring everyone together under sort of this umbrella. And then hopefully, if people came forward with fantastic ideas or projects that they wanted to get involved with which could benefit the community, we would be able to bring the right people together and we could get things going. And unfortunately, that has also been pushed back for now. But instead, what we've actually done is we've taken a different sort of um, priority right now, which is in our coronavirus response, uh, which involved organising volunteers to deliver essential shopping, medication, and also to provide telephone befriending to people who are uh, feeling a bit lonely right now. Um, and that's been really fantastic and really positive actually to see the community come together in that way because a lot of people might not know that there's such a strong community spirit in Stockwood, but actually if you've been down here recently, if you've been down here in the last 14 weeks, you would know that actually we are very much a strong community. We're, we're as strong as anywhere else in Bristol that you can think of. Hello, I'm Anne. Um, I'm an ex-Stockwood person. I spent a big part of my life growing up there from when I was seven to when I was 17. And I think Stockwood is a really special place and really neglected by the rest of Bristol. No one knows we're there in Stockwood. I don't know why, um, maybe because Stockwood people aren't so proud of being from Stockwood. But it's a really important place because my story of how I got there reflects how important it is to have social housing. And I think that's a big part of Stockwood. It's just about the housing. I guess it all started in the big winter of 1967 when we had a really, really heavy snow and that was the winter that our family moved from Easton to Stockwood. But before we go into the Stockwood part, I want to go into what it was like before we got to Stockwood, because it was freezing cold in the winter. We had an outside toilet. We didn't have hot running water. We used to wash in kind of a, a tin tub in front of the fire in the winter and it was condemned. Of course, when you're a kid, you don't know that the place you're living in isn't really a good place to be. But it was, it was cold and dirty and spooky. And my mum and I used to dream about living in a house that was comfortable, that had a bath and that had hot water. It was like one of our favorite games to play and we say, and we'd have this, and we'd have that, and we'd have a garden. That would be really lovely. So moving to Stockwood was this absolute dream come true. When I got out of the removal van and went up to the door, I couldn't believe that a house like that existed. It was just so clean, and it had a bathroom upstairs and a loo and it had a gun at the front and the back and best of all we were on a road called Whittock Road 
which is facing loads of fields because the whole area used to be farmers' fields. So, in 1967, Stockwood was still only half built. We were in the lower part of Stockwood, it's kind of on two levels. And the upper level was still being built as we moved in, so there's loads of building stuff going on up there. But the place itself, and especially the fields, were fantastic. You could go out and climb trees, make dens, hang out with a big bunch of kids, we were all totally feral. It was amazing, it was so good. To set the whole thing about climbing trees and such like in Stockwood into a context, when I lived in Easton, there was nowhere green that I remember, and I literally, I did not know that such things as fields existed. I'd read about kids having adventures and going out into the woods and the wilds, and I wished I could do that, but I thought that everything could be built over. I really did. I didn't know any better. So um, that's really why Stockwood was so amazing. But of course, there was other things too. I mean, Stockwood was a really, really safe place at the time to grow up in. They said later on that there's been trouble with drugs and things, but there's trouble with drugs and things everywhere, you know? So in Stockwood, it was a kind of lazy suburb. Nobody seemed stressed. Every weekend, all the guys were outside washing their cars. The women were chatting. People ambled around from the houses to the shops and back again. They chatted over their fences and chatted over their privet hedges. It was just such an easy-going place. And there was loads of space for kids. At the end of our road, there was a big square with a big patch of grass in the middle where all the kids could hang out. Or you could go down to the local shops on Sturminster Road. It was about four shops, I think, a fish and chip shop, a hairdresser, news agent, and there was another shop that seemed to keep changing. I think it was a barber shop one time. I don't know what it is now, but of course my favorite shop was the news agent because I could always go in there and get sweets and things, and comics and such like. Um, and then there was another set of shops at the top part, the newer part of Stockwood, and those were bigger. There was a, a Budgeons store, which is like a sort of co-op. Um, and for my dad, it was something else. I haven't told you about my dad, but he had some mental health issues. There weren't, you know, there weren't words for it in those days, I don't think. People didn't talk about it, but he was a very depressed man. He was a bricklayer and had a terrible temper and he'd always lose work because he'd fall out with his workmates. So um, it was really tough money-wise and it was tough putting up with him in the house because he had a really bad temper. Um, in fact, in Eastern, one time he smashed up all of the furniture and threw all of the food, what little food we had, all over the place. So, you know, that was a hard place to live. But when we went to Stockwood, we had the gardens and there was also a really big allotment and he was able to get out and work off his aggression on digging up the soil and he was proud of all the vegetables that he grew um, and he fed us and so suddenly we were eating fresh healthy food now that made a massive difference and I'm a strong believer in people um, growing their own food for their mental health 
and also for their physical health. So that was a massive change moving to Stockwood made for us. And again, because it was a council house, it meant we had a decent garden. And nowadays when they build housing, a lot of places don't have gardens. I just wish that our council would build more houses like that for people because the world would be a better place. Okay, so um, when I was 17, I met a guy in the way that you do. And well, basically I ended up moving in with him and my dad did one of those never darken our doorstep again scenarios. So I wasn't able to go back to the old house in Stockwood for quite some time, a number of years. And my parents were getting older and older. Eventually my dad got quite ill and I was able to see him. Uh, he died and then I was looking after my mum and she was very happy being in that lovely little old council house in Stockwood for quite a long time until she got a bit too infirm to look after herself. So um, she moved up to this place called, I think it's Maple Close in Stockwood, which is the top part of Stockwood, near the, the bigger shops and also near her favorite, in fact, our favorite place, which I haven't mentioned yet, which was the library. Now libraries, a great source of um, knowledge about the world and a great way to discover alternative realities. So my mum moved into this place called Maple Close, which was a sort of protected, uh, sheltered accommodation, that's what they call it, and stayed there until, again, she got uh, just a little bit too old to even have that kind of level of care. And um, that was the end of my visits to Stockwood. But I still loved it. I just noticed it seemed to get more and more cut off from the rest of Bristol because the bus services were so few, you know, and you're just aware it's a long way away from anywhere. It took a while for me to visit my mum each time I went there and back by bus. But I think it's a great place still. I just think, you know, the council should link it up to the rest of the city better. this episode, I'd like to thank Roger Morford and I.K. Agu. This podcast has been brought to you by BCFM, Bristol's first community radio station, in partnership with Bristol 24-7, Bristol Museums, Bristol Archives, and the University of the West of England, funded by the National Lottery Heritage Fund. Cheers, mate. Bye.